have been sent back in time from last night's episode to record or forwards in time. I can't remember how this works. Time loops are confusing to anybody. Anyways, the point is Helmbot has a super cool feature that we talk about in the episode that you're about to listen to. And it's a really simple setting to do, uh, which simply means that your shop will call you if you have a no-show for specifically for your opener. This comes up in our episode, the idea of an employee not showing up for their shift. All you need to do is click on the little wheel in the upper right-hand corner, the gold helm, and click on My Preferences. And from there, if you scroll down, you'll see Call Me. And it says when the shop opener no-shows. It is experimental. It's there in parentheses to let you know this is an experiment. Um, Hover over it, and it'll give you a few more details about it. But basically... If the employee is supposed to show up an hour beforehand, doesn't punch in, you're going to get a phone call. And if you need to hop in your car and speed over and do a quick opening, uh, you can do that. Of course, call your employee first, find out what's going on. Maybe they just forgot to punch in or check your cameras if you're Drew. And uh, I just love that that's an option. Super, super, super duper cool. I have my call me box checked. Helmbot.com is where you want to go to make sure that you have this ridiculously cool feature that is just so perfect for a float center. My goodness. Again, Helmbot.com is where you want to go. Also, (laughs) I I don't think this is part of the time loop. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Isopod is also a super cool business that is making, obviously, the Isopod float tanks, I-S-O-P-O-D float tanks. If you want to Google that or type it into I-S-O-P-O-D.com. And uh, yeah, these guys make amazing float tanks that the float shop has been, as we've gotten rid of float tanks or added on, we're going with isopods because we know that they're built incredibly well. They've been in business forever. They're one of the older float companies, which means they know what they're doing. They've worked out the kinks. It means their fiberglassing is great. I feel like this isn't talked about enough when it comes to float tanks is that it's not like fiberglass is just some simple, uh, I don't know, um, it's not putting up sheetrock, you know, it's, it's a complicated task and you need a really high quality person to um, mold it and I guess sand it down or whatever they do. Um, it, it's a deal and you can get bubbling and discolorations. It can get pretty wonky if you don't have somebody do it properly. Isopod does it right. They've been doing it for a very long time and we don't have any of those bubbles in our float tanks. So that is one more reason we love our Isopod float tanks. Check them out. And jumping back into the time portals, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float, where float setters thrive. My name is Dylan, and I own the float shop in lovely Portland, Oregon, with my beautiful wife, Sandra. And we, our onboarding is two weeks long uh, before they're allowed to be by themselves, basically, at the shop. And then the um, training continues after that. And my name is Gloria Morris, and I own Float 60. And our training is about six shifts. Three openings, three closings, um, and there might be a couple in between, but it's about six shifts, however long it takes you to get to that. This is Drew from New Hampshire Float, and I'm over here in awe at how quickly you let your little butterflies fly away. (laughs) Um, Mine is definitely longer, at least 30 days, and... (laughs) 
Um, even after that, I have trust issues about leaving people alone <laughs> at the float center. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm Kim Hannon. I co-own Stukino Float Center in Salt Cave in southern Indiana with my husband. And our um, onboarding is about 12 shifts or so. Um, and that kind of varies person to person. So I think anybody who's listened to the podcast before knows that Drew... Drew and employees are an interesting dynamic. Is that is that a fair statement? Interesting. Yes. <laughs> interesting. It's an interesting yes. dynamic. Um, may I ask how many employees do you have right now? I currently have two. Okay. Um, Actually, three. I'm sorry, three. Three employees. We and won't tell you, the one that you forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> and are you yeah. cur- like? Are you willing to bring new people on, or if somebody leaves, are you like, I'm just going to fill this shift. I'm I'm done. Yeah, definitely. But I'm kind of in a um, in a holding pattern at the moment for a few different reasons. And I'm just I picked up more shifts and I'm comfortable in working what I can work. And I just I'm kind of blocking off. I'm blocking off a lot of floats for sure. I have a healthy balance in my life right now. And I'm pretty much um, I've been mostly closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. And then I don't go in at all on Wednesdays. So um yeah, I have a healthy balance, and I'm not I'm not working very hard. If we're being honest, I'm doing what is enough for me, and I just haven't wanted to jump back into the training. And ah. maybe I will after this podcast. And Kim and Gloria and Dylan, you share your <laughs> wonderful training tips and onboarding tips. But you so know what, Drew? I have to say, I really, really love that you are courageous enough to take that approach of being able to recognize your own needs and balance it. And so often we feel like we have to throw everything at the business. And I think you've done a great job of being able to kind of ebb and flow with whatever is happening at the business. And that might mean that you have employees who are coming in. And there have been times that you're like, I don't go to the center anymore. And then there are times that you're like, man, I'm there all the time. But being able to recognize burnout happens and you have to prevent that. And we often think like we just have to throw ourselves into it if we're shorthanded or, you know, whatever the case may be. But really, like if you you will burn out doing that. So you've got to find an approach that really works for you. So kudos for that. So I, that. I, I too, uh, would like to commend you for your brutal honesty. But I also want to remind you of something. And I don't know how long it was where we had this conversation where you didn't have any employees. It was a couple years ago. And you're like, oh, I, I can't do it. I can't let go. And then, then six months later or something, we met a new Drew. Mm-hmm. And that Drew was, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't do this before. I feel so free. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like he just found it. He found that little balance of a good employee, your freedom, and your leadership. And I'm going to tell you, and this is coming from somebody who's never worked in the float center. Okay. So I get that. I totally get it. I'm coming from an extreme point of view. It's It's kind of a numbers game. You'll have many employees who will not really allow you that airtime to relax and think this is going to be just fine without me. And then you'll find one who just blows your socks off and you'll be like, oh my gosh, they've changed my life. I can't tell you how many times I've said that about one or two of my employees. I have probably four of them right now that I feel that way about. 
And gosh, I just want to say keep looking, Drew, because you've got all these floats blocked. I wasn't expecting to go on this diatribe, but I know you've got these floats blocked and you could find somebody who is great. You just have to keep hunting. It's like I always tell my daughter about relationships. You got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your your prince, right? And I think it's applicable here too. (laughs) You got to have a lot of exposure to different people (laughs) before you find the one. It's true. I I totally agree. And it is a numbers game and you're right. And um, I think think at this very moment, I feel like I'm kind of getting control of my float center again. I'm seeing my people again Mm. and kind of giving a presence back there. And yeah, I'm not afraid to hire in the future, but you're right. It is a numbers game, and going through that brings on different stresses. And yeah. right now, I just don't want to deal with those stresses. <laughs> so when I'm ready to to deal with that again, I'll definitely start looking and hopefully be better prepared. And I feel like with each um, employee, I get better, of course, right? And um, But right now just not having to worry about because i get so anxious that i can't sleep wondering if someone's going to call out the next day yeah and like i can't live my life so i'd rather work block off what i need to block off and i know i can do what i need to do and i'm not going to get a phone call last minute with some bullshit excuse my my french uh, excuse about not wanting to come in (laughs) we love french on this podcast okay well so yeah so um, so that's why like I got some things to do and I'm just blocking off my floats and I'm doing them. And if I, you know, money's good. So if I need more, I can open up more floats and work more <laughs> or, or I'll just get to the point and hire. Right. And I think that's, so. that's an approach of its own right there. It's just having it a is. lifestyle business where, you right. know, you mm-hmm. work enough to support your lifestyle. You're not in it to, you know, get rich. You're not in it to, you know, create this huge corporation. Like, and I think that's okay. It's really mm-hmm. like that matter of getting really clear on what you want. Some people never want to hire any employees and they want it to be just themselves and this is what they do with their lives and this is how they contribute to society. And I think that's totally fine too. And to to go through all of that and maybe find yourself coming back full circle, like you just never know. And I think, you know, just kind of getting clear on what is right for you right now. Um, and, you know, we've been doing a lot of that um, at our center. And um, I remember when we first opened and I was like, no, it's like it's it's Graham and me like we're we're the face of the business. And that was our strategy for a really long time. And it worked very, very well for us. And then Mindful Solutions having a second business, that one really dominates most of my time. And so Sukino really became most of his time. And so I, at the moment, still go in once a week, but even that is going to be changing um, next month. Um, In May, I will be going in one day a month, um, one scheduled shift, and I'll be kind of transitioning more into that ownership role of just popping in, checking on things, how are Mm -hmm. things going, checking on employees and and making sure the team is is feeling good about things. Yeah. And kind of moving into the, a little more of the Gloria role. I still like the idea of having one shift, but even that at some point I know is going to go away. That's part of my long-term plan as well. And honestly, that's part of what I'm doing with Mindful Solutions too, is starting to grow that and bring in people um, for both businesses so that I don't burn out. Um, I hit pretty close to burnout last month. You know, March was brutal. Um, 
And I had a few days where I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I just, I don't know how. Especially when you have to chase, (laughs) when you have to chase down your damn clients. (laughs) So, so this podcast, just to bring it full circle, because it's all relevant to what we're talking about. And that is really onboarding and training. And we've talked about it before, but I feel like it's a constant thing that you have to keep revisiting, keep tweaking. And uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see what you guys are doing today and you know i'd love to start with you kim to understand like i know you're you help other businesses do it Mm -hmm. so i'd love to just get an understanding of what your process is yeah we're actually in the middle of it right now we have two new folks that we hired at the beginning of april and so they are about the middle of their training right now and we actually yesterday i just opened up my schedule for may starting in mid-may we will be open seven days a week Um, Congratulations. mm -hmm, 10 a.m. till 8 p.m. And so we'll have two shifts each day. Right now we've got half a day on Thursdays and we've got three quarters of a day on Sundays. And even that's going to be shifting so that we're we're open. And, you know, part of that decision is to help offset the labor costs. um, And because we have had enough demand that, you know, people are asking for it. So um, we waited until we were at that point where we knew we could financially, like, comfortably make Mm. that decision. um, you know, and wow. we had the demand because we don't we don't want people like sitting there at the center, you know, babysitting empty tanks. Um, but we we kind of look at um, each person individually for our training plan, you know, and uh, this partly comes from my background in training. There's so much that you can do that's standard for everybody, but you also have to be able to recognize each individual person's strengths um, and to be able to see where are they excelling, what are they picking up on quickly. And for us, like onboarding two people at the same time is a whole different ballgame than, you know, when we've uh, historically just onboarded one person at a time. And so, you know, our our first day, um, we had everybody come in on a closed day and we just showed them around the center, showed them around the whole building, talked about the businesses that were there, talked about, you know, just a little bit of like our culture and who we are and how they fit into that, what to do, you know, what their benefits were of working there, all kind of setting our expectations. And then we went out to lunch. We brought the whole team and our other employee um, joined us for lunch. It was her day off, but she joined us for lunch and we just had everybody kind of sit and eat together and kind of just get to know each other. And then the next day, um, one employee started and we intentionally only had one person training at a time. Hmm. Um, and week one for us was really just focusing on back of house duties. How do you, you know, turn the suites, getting everybody ready for the next appointments. And, and then starting after they, you know, got pretty good at that the first day, then we started introducing the salt cave. And then after that, we started introducing the infrared therapy. And then week two was having them take over the back of the house. And we do kind of a, a, a five-step process where we discuss it, they observe someone doing it, we guide them through as they're doing it, then they do it and we give them feedback, and then they do it on their own. And then um, for week... T- Go ahead, Drew. Did, did you have a question? Question. Yeah. Yeah. You, week one, week two, but how many shifts in that week? Because if it's a... Yeah. Is it a part-time person with one shift? That yeah. can be... Exactly. Tough, right? It is. It really is. And, it is. Um, typically about two to three shifts is what I would consider a week um, because our people are part-time and just about everybody's working that two to three shifts a week. Um, but ideally, and again, if somebody picks it up in two shifts, good, we can move on, hmm. you know, and if they're mastering it, I don't have to go double check their work. Like we're good. 
um, and, and we kind of move through it a little bit faster. And we actually have a checklist that we use for each individual team member. And then week two, they're really kind of taking over and doing all of that stuff on their own. But we're starting to let them just sort of shadow and learn the front of the house. We're having the discussions and letting them observe. Um, and then by the end of week two is when we start kind of guiding them. Hey, go do this. Or we let them do it and give them feedback along the way. Week three, they're kind of doing it all, but we're shadowing. We're following them around, watching everything they're doing. We're right there if they get stuck on something. Um, it's really easy for us to jump in and kind of, you know, help in that moment. And then week four is my favorite week. Because that's when we pretend like we don't exist. We're there. We are a safety net. Um, and whether it's Graham or me, or we actually just promoted um, our employee, Roya, um, if it, any of us, we really have to stand back. And I love that week, but I hate it because I'm not very good at just doing nothing. Like, I want to get in there and help and go take care of guests and just do what I do. Um, but week four is really like we're standing back watching them run the show we might even go sit in the office or hang out in the kitchen out of sight and we're just there if they need us you know and so we're really really just trying to give them a feel for being alone and that's also typically a time that we would um whoever's there with them would take off somewhere go run an errand go pick up lunch do something just to give them the like how it actually feels to be in the center on your own and that tells a lot like we've had people panic before and like, ah, somebody got out of a float early. What do I do? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you talk to them. You offer tea, you offer water, just like you would. It doesn't mean they had a bad session. experience. It's okay. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. But giving people that that opportunity to safely experience being on their own before they actually are. That's great. Yeah. yeah so I have another question because mm-hmm. this is something I struggle with. So hmm. within four weeks, in, like, am I, for me, I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. leaving staff to, like, answer questions about mm-hmm. cleanliness and how mm-hmm. is it filtered and... Like, I feel like that's a thing that I don't, you know, I just, I need a little to feel more comfortable that Mm -hmm. they can speak those things in a confident manner. When someone who calls up and says, hey, tell me about this. I, someone just told me about it. What, what is this thing? I mean, what do you do? We get that question all the time. Right. So I need, so I haven't talked very much, but I just want to say something and then, and then Kim can give the better answer. But, 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 uh, I think. Two things. One is you just said it happens all the time. So that means it's a priority and should be part of your training, right? Initial training of what's our sanitation procedures because people care about that. It's one of the top questions people are going to ask. And then the other is how to train somebody to answer a question that they don't know, something to the effect of, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find out and get back to you. Uh, is is a, It's totally okay not to know information. Except that question. They should be trained within four Yeah, I was going to jump in and say the exact same thing. I mean, that's such an important question that you almost want to write out a script and, you know, show them you answering the question in like three or four different Uh, ways and then have them like they, they would never read the script, right? Unless maybe they're on the phone, but have an exercise where you're where you're answering that question with three or four different styles and then let them find their own comfort in doing it. But that's something that you have to drill over and over. The, like that, if there's one thing you're going to be crazy about, it's that question, right? And so if if that's one of the questions that makes you the least comfortable and you nail that and you prioritize that in every part of your training process, you could probably get over that that fear of leaving them alone quickly. You know, like but you got to focus on it. Yep. 
it, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. exactly what I would recommend as well. And, you know, identifying those things that really do give you anxiety and tell people, like, be really honest about it. Say, this is a huge deal. You need yeah. to understand this. And that's part of why we make sure that there's kind of those five touch points for everything. And I've, when I say everything, like, I have discussions that we have, like things about uniforms and when's your payday. And it's all the stuff that's really actually in their employee handbook, Um which is another thing that if you don't have, you should definitely have um, an employee handbook. And we just kind of talk a little bit about like the basic scheduling flow, you know, what are the benefits of of all of our services? Um, I also pull up and um, I'm working on a more formal, you know, tracking system, but it's in their checklist. We pull up um, the float conference, YouTube channels, including, you know, Dr. Roy Vore's sanitation videos. We, uh, I ask them to watch and they watch these like during, you know, when people are in service, they'll watch some of Justin Feinstein's uh, talks about anxiety and the benefits of floating and depression. And we talk about all of those. And then I break down basically every major question that come up, um, every topic and task that I would be assigning to them that are part of their job description and figure out like what makes sense in what order to try to talk about them, but because we have it in a checklist form and real life happens, it's really easy to say like, oh, I was going to tell you about that next week, but since it just came up, let's, you know, walk through that together. And so you kind of have that flexibility to go either way. Um, but we break it down everything from, you know, turning um, the float ca- or the float suites, the salt cave, the infrared, um, the music options that they have in all of our op- uh, in all of our services, how to run the float, what our maintenance is, what that looks like. Um, you know, opening procedures. So when are, you when go ahead. when you say employee handbook, th- that's what has all this information, right? Like the nitty so gritty of every little things. bit. Um, the employee handbook is really kind of the like big picture culture policies about being an employee, the things that okay. they need to know about working with us. Okay. And then I have a separate, um, we have a training checklist that we follow. Great. Um, we also have like opening and closing checklists and, you know, side work checklists. Um, and we have a policies and procedures document that is a living document. It is constantly being updated. It's just in Google Docs. Um, I know Float Helm, uh, Helmbot has uh, a really great option for you to be able to create that in your, your uh, software as well. But ours is just one of those, if somebody sends me a question, I'm like, oh, we don't have that documented somewhere. Well, let me drop it in real quick. And we drop it into our policies and procedures document. And I have a table of contents at the top that if they're, you know, they have a guest in front of them and they need to know really quickly, like, um, how to apply a gift card or something like that, they can click a button, you know, in that table, in that policies and procedures document that drops them right to the spot that gives step-by-step instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody, it's their first time being late, you know, or their first time uh, no-showing on us, like, what is our policy for that? Everything like that is documented. But we also try to cover it during the training process, too. That whole onboarding is at least exposing them and then showing them where to find answers. That's one of the biggest pieces is making sure people know where to go when they have a problem. Love if it. I could Love just it. drop in a uh, kudos to Helm on this. When we first opened our first first location, and I will admit we've gotten away from using it religiously as we've gotten comfortable, right? We used that guide section. Just it, it worked beautifully. Everything had a section. If you added more information to it, it was living and breathing. You could mark that your employee needed to check the box saying that they've mm. consumed that information and they understand it. 
that is a huge part of their software that is amazing. And I don't think it's very utilized. Again, yeah, we, yep. as we rolled out the first location, we're very, very, you know, much by the book in terms of how we set things up. And then we kind of moved away from it. And the other thing that works really well for my team and just because I am managing from the outside or leading from the outside, uh, we rely a lot on our digital communication and we do that through Google chat. Um, so we have different channels and there's different things that are dedicated to certain training topics. So for example, we have a hot channel, we have a cold channel, hot being infrared sauna, cold oh. being cryo. <laughs> so Literally you can, hot and cold. Yeah, yeah. And you can, you yeah. can drop the reason why we use that instead of helm is because it's, it's very live and dynamic, and you can put video links in there that are, you know, that'll just show up. Nice. Um, so there's also a lot of expression and help in that tool. So whether you use Slack or whatever, it's good to have something live. And for us, because we have multiple locations, somebody in Chicago could ping the front desk of our Chesterton location, for example. And if they're new, it's kind of a buddy system. Like, hey, can you help me with this? So th they know that they're always somebody that's live, almost like live chat, right? And that's really been helpful. And as an, even as an owner, I am constantly plugged into that. So I'm always kind of monitoring it from the outside and I can jump in. We also use it for recognition and just spirit, right? Nice. Congratulating somebody on that me membership they just sold. And mm. I, I do think that's all part of our onboarding process. Like it's the first thing that we do to get people kind of acclimated to our culture. Yes. And I, I use Google Chat as well um, because my team, I have it on my phone and I use it for all of my businesses and projects and things like that. And so, and I work with a lot of folks who are in different time zones. And so I am used to just having these little pings come in and that part yeah. doesn't bother me. I don't feel like I'm working. And so my team also knows, like, if you've got a question, you've got a guest in front of you, you know, say, give me a second to, you know, let me look this up. And they can send me a quick chat and I can give them either an answer. Um, if it's not something we have documented, I can point them to the documentation, um, whatever the case may be. But that kind of makes them feel a little more comfortable. And I've explained to them, like, this is not intrusive. This There's so much to know about operating a float center on your own. And you're doing an amazing job by being able to do all of that. And I'm here to help you be successful. So don't feel like you're bothering me. I will let you yeah. know if I need to set a boundary and I'll let you know if I'm not going to be available. That way, cool. you know, to either reach out to someone else um, or to let the guests know that they're not going to, that, you know, you'll get back to them. And I think that alone is like one of the biggest pieces is to figure out what is it that you can do or that they can they can't do um, if they have a situation that comes up and and they're not able to resolve it. What is it that you can do later? You know, I can't fix an issue with a guest if I'm not there until a phone call later. But if if it's something that they mm. can take care of right then, we want them to try to take care of it, and we want to empower them to make those decisions. If it's something with software, we can fix that later and let the guests know, you know, we've taken care of that or, hey, I updated your account for X, Y, Z, whatever the case is. That's something that is very easy to say, well, I'll get back to you, you know, and just figure out what it is that's unique about your center that they really need to be able to do on their own, on their feet, and that you can't fix later, you know, and make sure that they're prepared for that part. I have one little add-on to that, Dylan. Yeah. I know. <laughs> But um, again, 
I, I'm kind of directing this at Drew just because I know your head is contemplating where you're going to go with this. Um, Lola even wanted to chime in on this. <laughs> I recognize that not only do I need boundaries, but my team needs boundaries. And so part of our protocol and our onboarding is, you know, the way we communicate and why we use different channels to communicate what. And so, you know, now Kim's using this same approach, but, you know, we do not call unless there's an emergency, right? At least they don't call me unless there's an emergency. Uh, Basically, our protocol for communication is you Google chat first because the whole team, you can do it one-to-one or you can have total visibility with everyone. You could do an all-team bulletin if you want or question. Um, so that's kind of like the regular communication and it's live. It's it's pretty much real time. If there's something urgent that you need an answer to that requires, you know, management that may not be on chat at the moment, then they they can text, right? Then the texts become that, you know, it's saying, hey, this is urgent. I couldn't reach you on chat. If the phone rings, it's an emergency, right? It's pretty much like I need to talk to you right now. So it's basically trained me and you can ask any one of my employees over the years, like when my phone rings from a team member, I pick up because I expect it to be an emergency, mm. right? So as somebody who wants to have a lifestyle, chat. Drew, and have freedom but control, um, it's, a, it's a really good protocol. And it just, like I said, sets a boundary for proper communication and proper attention as needed, right? It's it becomes really impossible to understand what's really important and to have those boundaries when they call you for everything. So it's just something to throw out there as a consideration if you go down this road in the future. Dylan's biting me on camera. Where Dylan goes, I haven't. Ah! Uh, I forget what I wanted to say. No. Um, I was going to say, and this actually goes all the way back to earlier. You were like, I lose sleep. Um, If my employee is going to be late opening, you know, are they going to sleep through their alarm or whatever? Easter Sunday, we're having my favorite day of the year. All all my kids and all the neighborhood kids, we finally did it again, you know, post post pandemic, uh, not hardcore pandemic, raging pandemic. Uh, Everybody's running around. We're having a great time. And I start feeling that phone call. I missed the phone call. A text shows up. Um, oh, no, no, actually, I did answer the phone call. That's right. Uh, hey, Dylan, really sorry. Uh, slept in through my alarms. Okay, this is our procedure. This is what you want to do. I think it's star six, seven, so they can't see your phone number since you're not there. Call the call the clients on your on your way in um, or, you know, before you leave, whatever. And I'm not encouraging anybody to make a phone call while driving. Um, and this happens. It's happened to me before running the float center. Um <laughs> I mean, enough days out of the year, life is going to happen. And yeah, it's a super bummer. I want to put a samurai sword through my stomach. I hate that (laughs) feeling of dropping the ball for customer service. You know what I mean? Like that, you know me and my feeling about customer service. Like, you know how much that matters to me. And at the same time, there is a not quite active God when somebody doesn't wake up to their alarm. But this is a stellar employee who's absolutely on top of things. They rock. And this happened. Okay, this is what we do to to move forward. 
I don't think it's going to happen again anytime soon, you know, um, which might be a little bit different than what you're talking. <laughs> you're shaking your head. But tell me, tell me. You guys are you guys are all nodding. <laughs> you, could see this. you three are all nodding like, yeah, this happens. And I'm like, unacceptable, zero tolerance, fired, does not happen. I've never had me or anyone else not show up for a float in the morning. And I'm not comfortable. I can see your comfort level with mistakes happen and it happens. And that's true. I agree with you. But from my standpoint, like, I just, yeah. I'm like laughing at how I do not have yeah. that attitude. And so, of like, but yeah, do you happens. make that clear up front? Uh, like during your onboarding does process? not happen. Yeah. <laughs> does not happen. <laughs> so if you make that really clear, like provide a like here is what to do if this happens, and here's what my expectations are, mm-hmm. um, and outline you will be like fired. any disciplinary action, <laughs> all of that kind of stuff, and set those expectations really, really clearly up front. Um, I'm lucky; all of our employees live closer than we do to the center, yeah, same, and so same. if by the time they wake up and notice, like, oh, I'm not there yet. Then you know I'm like, well, you you're still going to beat me there, so go now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we also have certain things that we know we could cut out of the morning routine, and sure. you know really quickly just get in there. like you don't mop the floors, you know that's going to stink, but you do it as soon as you can. You can mop the center while they're in, you know. And we have these like things that we know we could just do, and technically those we are good could points. Get the space, yeah, get the space up and running like in five minutes. Honestly, um, it's not going to be tip top. But it could happen still. And true, I don't know like how long we've known each other. If you've seen me in my previous state of management, which is very, I think, similar to you in like GD, no tolerance. Like this is how we do it. Anything less than it just my adrenaline would boil. I'd be so freaking upset. I'd be not, I'm not a screamer. Like I don't raise my voice, but like just the intensity that I'd be talking to Sandra about an employee was just bananas. Um, that's not me anymore. And so I don't know, take it. We have a successful business. I feel like we take care of our customers. I don't know. Growth. That's growth. Is it? Right? Hopefully, hopefully. It might be, uh, maybe. And I'm curious growth too. Growth or, uh, apathy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't think it's apathy. I don't. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? I could be super mad here, surrounded by the, the, my favorite time of the year. Or Yeah, right. does no good. Every, every circumstance is is taken into consideration uniquely, right? I mean, I had to fire someone over this issue. Um, Personally, I had to fire them and it it was awful, right? But um, for the most part, it doesn't happen. And uh, it's, it's just something that we have to understand. There are circumstances that sometimes cannot be dealt with. Sorry about the noise in the background. Um, The other thing I was going to say is, Drew, the customers are usually amazingly understanding. Like if you can, like I've had the situation where somebody showed up before the team member because they were late, they had to wait, and I immediately got on the phone with the guest and explained, hey, I'm not happy about this. My person's on their way. They, they're coming. Please wait. And they're like, oh, it's okay. No problem. You know, so I do think there's damage control that, and, and our guests are just usually freaking awesome, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can tolerate like that 1% of risk for the benefits and the rewards, otherwise, I think it's like I said, it comes back to math, right? Yeah, and I, 
for me, I, I probably shouldn't do this, but if someone else is opening, I'm on my camera making sure they show up. And if there's a point, if they're not there by then, I'm hopping in my truck and going and heading wow. there. And if they show up by then, great. If not, I'm opening up. No, And that's just I don't think it's, how I do. You know? I think having an alarm and saying, okay, at this time, I just check in to see if my employee's there. I don't think there's anything wrong with that if it's just built into your systems and it's not a, I haven't slept and I'm just like all amped up. Because that sounds a little bit more what it's like than just like, part of my system is making sure that an employee's there. Like, that sounds fine to me. Hey, one other thing on Helm too, and I don't know if you use this because if you don't have a lot of employees, you may not. But, you know, if it, if it, if you're not using the scheduling feature, this wouldn't work. But if your employees are using Helm to clock in and they're not clocked in by a certain time, you'll get a text message that says, hey, or no, you'll get a phone call. So there are times where I get a phone call that says nobody's clocked in there for, for the shift, which is like an hour lead time in advance mm-hmm. of the guest. And it gives me the heads up to give this person a call like, hey, Great why call. haven't you clocked in? Great call, yeah. Gloria. Yeah. So Helmbot. What feature is this? It's, uh, I love this. I, for, I don't know what it's called. but I'll ask. It's, I love shops, it's in shop <laughs> settings. If someone does not clock in by their scheduled time, you can get a fo- you will get a phone call. For the ad read for this okay. episode, I'll make sure that's what's at the top of the show. Whoa, yeah. time warp. I mean, it's, cool. it's awesome for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely going to use that. Yeah. I love that. And then you can sleep soundly. Look at Helmbot helping wow. Helping us sleep better. <laughs> helping us sleep better, yes. It's true. And it, like same it. thing and with Drew, the tasks. Drew, do yeah. you still have a longer uh, turn time in between floats, or did you shorten that back down? Two hours and 15 minutes. Jeezy. Yeah. So, Crazy. Um, the cash you, you leave on your t- on the table, man. <laughs> But but, but I, you also can run a smaller staff. Like we run one person at a time, um, and we our floats are in three hour blocks. They're seventy five minute floats, um, and then they can upgrade to ninety. But that means that we can have one person who's there. We do lose one round of floats per day, um, but in that process, our team and they also have to manage other services. So it's not just floating for us. So that's a big. Point. But our team doesn't get stressed about it, you know, because they're not having to rush. They're actually mm-hmm. able to talk to people and to offer tea, mm-hmm. to check them out, to offer packages or memberships or sell retail or whatever. Yeah, but Drew's amount of time is insane. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that really helps. And if you do happen to run a little bit late on that starting float, that first float of the mm-hmm. day, then you can easily make it up if you have that little padding. Um, shout out to Greg Griffin. He actually has uh, his schedule set up so that. Um, it alternates. It's not a set like every two hours. It's like, I can't remember exactly what it is, but once or twice a day, he has a longer turn between his floats so that if he is running behind, if he has a guest who shows up late or whatever the case may be, he can play catch up later and (laughs) it doesn't end up hurting him in the long run. Um, And I thought that was a, that's a really unique approach, a really creative idea to, to be able to solve that. But um, again, there's so many variables that go into this, but having some kind of a little safety net to help you like overcome that anxiety piece of it is, you know, is huge. Yeah. And part of the reason I kept that extra time was exactly because of the ability to do the relationship building and having a little bit of extra time to chit chat. And also the stress factor, like, we're leading by example and I don't want my people to, when we first opened and we were doing the two hours, I was like changing shirts and still dripping 
Same. from sweat. I probably stunk. And like, I think like, I think people would dig that. Yeah. yeah. I used to show up just to see Drew. And <laughs> I'd show up early. Number two. Yeah. Glass I'd number also two. bring my glass of wine. Yeah, I just watch Drew. Um, yeah. But it, it that like that vibe of like, oh, you guys are just like scrambling, you know. And mm-hmm. so now if people show up yeah. a few minutes late, I don't take it personal. I'm like, all good. We'll get you in there and we have some time on the back. I end. will say on my side, we we have two two employees on staff for a transition. So I, I am in a different situation than you where mm-hmm. one person can be fully chillaxing up front and the other person can be well honestly they're while you might get a glow because there's some warm rooms they're not sweating through their shirt oh is it hot now is that because there's a massage one's a massage therapist and they might not be in session is that why or we have two two people always just have two yeah all the time um, yeah um not for opening not for closing but for every transition we always have two people on yeah and that's our next step. Like our, you know, we've kind of like planned out our growth and as our rooms fill up and as our schedule is full, you know, now we're at seven days a week and we're open, you know, all day, uh, all seven days. The next step, if those seven days are full is to shorten our window and double staff. And it'll be the same, like, you know, one person is actually nice. the opening and closing, but that mid shift has double coverage yeah. so that you can have somebody who's focused front and back because it really yeah. is, it's just too much to ask people to haul it and clean the rooms yeah. and take care of the For people sure. and sell and yeah you know yeah we're finally and, and back drew, to that I'd, I'd have to break out a calculator but drew might be right he actually might be making more money per float than i would be simply because i have two staff members on and what's more expensive than an employee and if you just have right. one and a two what was it two hours and 15 minutes yeah yeah that's not bad kim has three hours mm-hmm. three that's yeah. a lot hours in between your floats there's, no they're three hour blocks that yes. includes the float oh, time. Oh, jeez. And Drews are 2.15. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Great. I am so sorry. I'm glad that you yeah. cleared that up because I was confused yeah. on I'm that too. 15 minutes, 15 minutes difference. Yeah. Right? You do every two hours, Dylan? In Gloria? Yeah, we do every two I, I hours. We Actually, I think I, we might be exactly like you right now, <laughs> Sorry for all that <laughs> outrage. That. Two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now that we're on the same yeah, page. Yeah, I thought you just had this mega gap in between floats. Like, are you kidding me? Okay, no, okay. No, no. Just That's funny. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. just a few extra minutes. Sweet. And I think it makes all the difference in the world. I love when we're sitting at the front desk looking like a couple of chill people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you guys are chilling. I came here to chill. This is perfect. <laughs> I'm not, right. like, changing my shirt and, like, wiping sweat off my eyebrows. <laughs> on that note though that is a real issue and we wear scrubs and we have some that are a little more breathable than others we've got some that are like a, a cotton material but they just don't breathe really well at all and i actually just bought a little neck fan because like if you're in the float suites especially in summertime it's Smart. sometimes it can get so humid that we have a neck fan that people can opt to wear while they're cleaning the float suites if they want to just to help combat that because it is real <laughs> and we keep all of our uniforms there so it's not uncommon. Like if you need to go change mid shift, do it, mm. you know, cause it is hot, but I want to try to offset that a little bit. Cause I've been there and like, same thing as drew. Like I'm just drenched. My hair is a mess and I'm trying to look presentable and look like I'm stress-free. Yeah. Um, so uh, real quick. Yes. I just verified it. it is every two hours and 15 minutes. Also, I keep deodorant, uh, on standby just in case, like yeah. sometimes I just yeah. gotta, gotta get fresh without, yeah. you know, <laughs> sink shower. and. Keeping- <laughs> 
we have a fully stocked ready room and I keep a ton of products in there. And so, you know, we have spray deodorants and, you know, we have all kinds of hair products and all kinds of stuff, body sprays and all of that. So our employees can pop in there if they need to. So we have uh, super digressed here, but um, (laughs) circling... (laughs) I don't know. Deodorant. What was the topic again? What kind of deodorant? (laughs) (laughs) You guys have digressed so hard. Providing amenities and trying to make the job easier for you. Oh, I see. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's all part of it. Way to tie it in. That was a good spin. That was Kim Kim makes the big bucks. That's it. Um, So I I want to just add something. We were kind of talking about my attitude in the past with with managing. Oh, and I also will say, Drew, another. escape clause here is that now we have a manager right so like i don't have every one of those things popping up to me anymore so there are all these differences it's not like i just found my zen but but there is i do believe have i have evolved as well anyway um uh we we have had poor training in the past and we've had complaints about our training in the past um i think we had somebody quit because they just didn't feel comfortable with what we were doing. And um, part of it is just because the shop has changed so many times over and um, there's become outdated information in our manual. Um, But that has become a big thing that we've had to re-up. And just for anybody out there who feels like they don't have this information, like don't have a good employee handbook or a manual or feel like they're just not doing a good job or whatever, wherever state you're at, I just want you to know that you can recover and still do something great for your employees. Uh, and, and of course, you're uh, <laughs> distracted by Gloria. This is an audio and visual podcast. Um, the- <laughs> I was testing my blood sugar in case great. you were wondering. <laughs> I know, I know. The I truth just- is, folks, I just had a brownie and my alarm went off. Oh. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't the kind of brownie you freaks were thinking about. It was a regular... Drew, you freak. <laughs> cookie brownie with too much sugar. And my blood sugar sensor went up. So I apologize if you heard the alarm in the background. So ladies Safety and first. gentlemen, that is how you onboard. If you have any other questions, <laughs> just shoot Kim an email. It's we'll do this episode again in like three weeks. And we'll, do, we'll stay on, on track a little bit. No, I think you're right. I think we covered important things about uh, employees and, and uh, bringing them on onboarding. Are there any final oh, wait. notes? Gloria, do Yes, you? I have a final note. It seems to me, and I could be wrong, one of us here on the pod, and I believe it starts with a K and ends in an M, offers like handbooks, like part of your mindful solutions solutions for your clients is you helping with this type of stuff. So this is another kind of an ad read for (laughs) one of our sponsors, but can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what does it cost to have Kim Hannon help you onboard your peeps? It's really funny you say that because um, I wanted to go through my process again, and so I've been doing that. I don't have costs set yet, but I do have the templates in progress, and so they will be launching soon. So it's really funny. Perfection is the enemy of good. It is. It is, yes. Um, They are actually in draft form, and it's a matter of loading them and pricing them, and that's (laughs) that's pretty much it. Um, Hurry up. Yes, it, they will be out soon, but I can help with that. And, you know, a lot of it comes from my past life in an HR mm-hmm. department and in the training world and being able to, you know, take part in all of those sorts of conversations. But and you don't even have to have big formal stuff. Start with whatever you can. That's just such a big piece of it is start with what you can start identifying things, jotting things down, even if it's just bullets in a Word document, you know, don't 
overthink if you're just getting started and then you can kind of build on it as you go. Make it pretty later. On that note, and we had to use this this past, uh, it's probably been within two months, use a probationary period where you could let that person go for any reason. It could be a personality conflict and something you can't put your finger on where you just give yourself the out to say, this just isn't working out, period. That is a great recommendation. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, I feel like I was just, it was like more fun just talking with you guys. I hope there was really good information in there. I, I just enjoyed um, listening and talking about these things so much. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank uh, my co host for listening and, and sharing. And thanks to you guys and your earbuds for listening to us for a half hour, 45 minutes here. And thanks for supporting us on Patreon. Thanks for supporting shop.artofthefloat.com. Kim's holding up the mug. She's got the Art of the Float shirt. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I do, too. What? Oh, wow. Such cool <laughs> gear. Mine's upstairs in my – I have one. Drew has one. Oh, my gosh. Art of the Float yeah. is so cool. I uh, have one, too, but mine's too tight. And it's not because the shirt's too <laughs> small. It's because I've been eating brownies. I think it <laughs> – it, it must have shrunk shirt. from uh, getting too sweaty cleaning rooms, is my guess. It's just not uh, for me. No. <laughs> um, where do I get one from? Shop.artofthefloat.com. I mean, you can just go okay, to artofthefloat.com. Um, that's where the photography is. That's where uh, video clips are, testimonial videos. I and, knew that, by the uh, way. I was just asking. T shirts. The float know, mugs are yeah. awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> float mugs are cool. And, ooh, I can't announce it yet, but. Uh, um, within the next few episodes here, I'll be able to announce some new cool gear and uh, new stuff coming to the Zeshape. So keep your eyes and ears out for that. Uh, oh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram and um, not Twitter, uh, Facebook. And uh, let's see here. Thanks to Olga for producing the show. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks, Helmbot. Thanks, Isopod. Thanks, Mindful Solutions, 2Ls.Solutions. Uh, run by our own Kim Hannon here. And am I forgetting anything here? All right. Well, then, uh, as always, uh, it's okay to have a brownie. That's completely fine. We'll see you next week. Center's Thrive.